Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Not bad for a uh, for summer uh, summer Sunday. <laughs> Very good. Good to see so many of you. Uh, you know, many of we've had so many trips uh, from this church come down to be with us in Mexico over the years, and um, we're all growing up. I can see that. <laughs> we're all getting older, <laughs> but it's great to be with you this morning and and to be able to share a little bit from the Lord's uh, from the Word of God and also a little bit about what the Lord has been doing uh, in Mexico and in the Spanish speaking world. Um, and so I uh, wanted to throw up the picture quick of our, of our family to get, um, so you could uh, reacquaint yourselves with us. Uh, our oldest, Josiah, is not with us this time. He is uh, serving as an intern in Papua New Guinea right now. He's um, graduated from high school, has been accepted to Moody Bible Institute in the linguistics department. Uh, it's a missions major so, uh, to do Bible translation. And so he's doing an internship this summer in Papua New Guinea, learning some languages that I can't even pronounce the name of the language, so I'll leave that for him whenever he gets here sometime to share with you. But he's having a great time. He just wrote us this past week, and he ate crocodile for the first time. He was loving it. And uh, he said it kind of tastes like chicken and pork, so there you go. (laughs) Um, You can be praying for uh, Brianna and Aaron. They're with us here, and they're excited uh, to be headed back to Mexico tomorrow. They're going to be flying to Mexico for two weeks to work uh, in a Christian camp there. Uh, We have been on a year home assignment. This is the longest my family has been out of Mexico ever. Our our oldest, Josiah, was a year old when we moved to Mexico, and we've been here on quick, you know, two-month trips, or I think the longest we ever did was three-month trip, Uh, but we have been in the States as a family now for about 11 months, and uh, and so uh, Aaron and um, Brianna are very anxious to get back to Mexico and uh, and see what's going on. You know, for me, I'm about 44 years old, 22 years of my life I lived in the U.S., 22 years of my life I've lived in Mexico, but for my, my children their entire lives in Mexico. My wife grew up as an MK, a missionary kid in Guatemala. She's only lived about eight years of her life in the States. And so, um, so we're not coming home as a family. Maybe I am a little bit, but as a family, this is a new challenge for us. And we're living very close here. Um, and have you ever been to Canton, Texas? That's where we've been based for the last um, 11 months. And I'll share with you a little bit more. It looks like God is going to lead us to be there for a while longer yet. So we'll, um, we'll see... Uh, we're neighbors. We'll have to see you more often. Well, this morning I want to share a little bit about some of the things that God has been teaching me about outreach. And you say, well, you've been a missionary for over 20 years. You'd think you would know something by now, right? Well, I'm a slow learner, I guess. And God continues to show me and, and teach me um, the importance of outreach, uh, the importance of, of reaching our world for Christ, whether it be here in Texas, in Mexico, Papua New Guinea, wherever the Lord calls us to be involved in His work around the world. And it's an exciting task. It's an exciting commission that God has given us. Uh, We talk about the Great Commission, but many times it is the Great Omission in so many churches. And it's always encouraging to us to come to Fellowship Bible Church because I know that you love missionaries, you're praying for missionaries, you're giving to missionaries, you're going on missions trips, you're supporting missions, and that is so important because that's why we're here. We, uh, we're here to worship as well, just like we did this morning. That's important. But you know what? We're going to have all of eternity to worship. We could go to heaven right now and worship the rest of our lives and love every minute of it. <laughs> but there's another task that God's given us while we're here. We're only here on this earth for a short time. And He's called us to make disciples of all nations. 
There's a lot to do. And a lot of exciting things to happen. So I want to share with you briefly this morning um, some things from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, you can feel free to turn there. Um, and uh, I'll have it on the, on the screen as well as we get started this morning. Um, Paul wrote Corinthians, the book of Corinthians, to a church that was really having all kinds of problems. They were fighting with each other about things they shouldn't have been fighting about. And uh, they weren't fighting with each other about things they should have been fighting about. There was sin in the church and nobody was doing anything about it. There were all kinds of problems, people suing each other, and the church was a mess. And between all of that, God used Paul and his example here in chapter 9 to kind of show them a better way. And that's what we're going to focus on here uh, very briefly this morning. I forgot my map of Mexico. You guys know about Mexico. Uh, You know, some places I go, um, they're like, yes, uh, where is Mexico exactly? But fortunately, we're in Texas, and you know where where Mexico is. And we've worked in central Mexico uh, for about 18 years. God called us there to serve uh, the the people there. Well, let's start then and talk about three important choices that God asks each one of us um, if we want to make an impact on our world uh, for him. All right? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to just look at a few verses here this morning, and I'm going to intersperse it with some sharing about our ministry and and what the Lord is doing in the Spanish-speaking world. Let's start with the first verse then, um, in uh, uh, verse 19, he says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. Interesting. Paul's showing the Corinthians here his example. And he said, you know what? I've got, I'm free. I can do what I want. And that's kind of what the Corinthians were fighting about, right? I want my rights. Hey, nobody's looking after what's going on in my life here. Hello, do you see me? And there's all kinds of uh, fighting between them and lawsuits and all this stuff. And he says, you know what? Even though I am free, even though I have rights in Christ, even though I have rights as a, as a, a Roman citizen and all these rights... I have made myself a servant to all. I've made a choice to serve others and not worry about if people are serving me the way they should or not. Now, that's a different mindset, right? Here in the United States, we're very concerned about our rights. I've got my rights to this. I want that. If we don't do it the way we want, there'll be a lawsuit. Rights, rights, rights. Me, me, me. And all of a sudden, we come here to 1 Corinthians 9, and Paul says, you know what? Let's have a different attitude. Let's, let's think about being a servant for other people. And so our choice here that we need to make is, are you personally willing to sacrifice anything to love and serve others? As believers, if we're not willing to make the sacrifice, we won't have an impact on other people's lives. There are an awful lot of believers in the United States that are just sitting enjoying everything. We love the worship. We love the programs. We love what they do for our kids. We love all these wonderful things in the church. But we're not giving. We're getting. And it's interesting that many times in the churches, those that are complaining the most and those that are most upset about the way things are going in the church, many times those are the same people that are there to receive, to receive, to receive. And Paul says, look, We're not here to get. When we get, praise the Lord, that's great. But we're here to give. We're here to love and serve others. If you're a true believer of Jesus Christ, God has given you a spiritual gift. And he's given many of you all kinds of different talents. And you're to use those talents and those spiritual gifts to serve other people. Um, Whoops, I'm sorry. Getting used to a new clicker here. (laughs) 
as we've lived here in the last 11 months in, in Texas, we have seen some funny little signs on churches. You know, in Mexico, they don't have big church signs. That's, they can't do that. Um, and they would get torn down if they did. Uh, but here in the United States, you've got all these wonderful church signs and all these little sayings on there and all that. I enjoy watching those. You know, in, in the Canton area, there's two that just... Even names of the churches. The one, one church that we pass by all the time is called the Driven Life Church. Now, I think they're going after the Purpose Driven Life, the book, you know. But I thought, man, do I want to have a driven life? <laughs> and, and I thought that was interesting. There's another one that we passed by, actually, this morning on our way here. There's a little town called Little Hope. And so it says, turn here for Little Hope Baptist Church. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's great. I, I want to hope I have a little bit more than a little hope. <laughs> This would be a great saying for on a church thing. Uh, a church, um, what do you call them? A little um, thing out from marker in front of the church. Sorry. What is it? Marquee. Hey, I learned a new English word today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, here Paul says, we proclaim Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants. Isn't that great? Christ is Lord and what are we? We're your servants. Wow, I like that. We had all kinds of opportunities, and many of you participated with us. In fact, if you look close, I don't know, I, haven't, I don't even remember where these pictures are from. Maybe some of the team members from Jacksonville are in here. In Mexico, we did all kinds of street evangelism, serving other people. And then we did church planning as those people came to know Christ, bringing them uh, together and, and starting uh, uh, a group of, of believers there in the city of San Juan del Rio and uh, providing resources so that believers could reach out to other people. We spent the last 18 years of our lives serving Mexican people so they could come to know the Lord and they could share the Lord with other people. Now, I don't say that to, to say, oh, look at us and we're just wonderful servants. But we're all called, every single one of us is called to serve. And I know you are serving too. How are you serving? In what ways have you sacrificially given of yourselves to serve other people. You know, as teams come down to Mexico, I often say, hey guys, don't, don't tell them how much fun we're having down here. Don't tell them how great it is, you know, because we're supposed to be the sacrificing, suffering missionaries serving Christ overseas. And we're having a blast. But as I've come back this year, I've reflected. Never had the time to reflect because we're always running around visiting churches and we're back to Mexico. This year, almost a year we've been here and I started reflecting. You know what? I have made sacrifices in my life. There are things that I have missed. For instance, uh, my family. I was very close to my family. And, and while we still have a great relationship, I'm just not close to them anymore. It's been 18 years since I've lived in the United States. There's other things that willingly or unwillingly I sacrificed to be able to serve in Mexico. And we all need to make that choice. It's not just missionaries. What am I willing to sacrifice? Time. Energy resources. What am I willing to give to serve other people? You know what? Uh, I went to Moody Bible Institute and, um, and uh, said, Lord, I'll serve you anywhere in the state of Pennsylvania, which is where I'm from. <laughs> and I wasn't willing to sacrifice at all. It's interesting how a lot of times God can't lead us. God won't use us the way he wants to until we're willing to lay it all on the altar. Not that, we have to t not that he's going to take it all and we'll never see it again. That many times he blesses us beyond what we can even ask or imagine when we serve him. And sometimes that's a fear, right? But we've got to be willing to lay it all on the altar and say, God, 
take whatever you want and use it to serve other people. Well, we need to move on. Personal evaluation question. I, I need this myself, and so I write it here for me just as I write it for you. Am I truly willing to sacrifice anything, my time, my energy, my finances, to love and serve other people in Christ's name? Who is God asking me to love and serve this week? Who could I impact? Who could I express love for in Jesus' name this week? I'd encourage you this morning to evaluate on that, just as I'm doing in my own life, um, because we need to put God's word into practice. We've got to move on or we're never going to get done. 1 Corinthians, back to 1 Corinthians here, and we're going to look at the next two verses. Paul says, To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win the Jews. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, that I might win those outside the law. Whoa, here we go again. I'm messing with the, with the clicker. So Paul says, you know, um, I've had to adjust myself to people that are different than me. He was a Jew, and so that wasn't bad. You know, to the Jews, I become like the Jews. He knows that. They eat certain things. They dress a certain way. They have certain traditions in their life, and, and that was fine for him. But he says then, to those outside the law, to the Gentiles, I had to become like one of them. I had to be willing to step outside of my comfort zone, be willing to step outside of my culture to be able to have an impact in other people's lives that God was leading me to. That's a challenge. Will you personally reach out to people that are different than you and work to identify with them so you can have an opportunity to share Christ? It's a choice that each one of us as believers has to make. And some people say, you know what? Not worth it. If they're like me, I'll reach them. <laughs> if they come into the church here, we'll reach them. But if they're out there, somebody else can reach them. There are all kinds of people in Jacksonville today that need Christ, that need physical expressions of His love and His, His um, grace for them, and they will never come into this church. Now, if people come in, I mean, sure, we need to reach out to them too, obviously. I'm not saying that we don't welcome visitors and things like that, but we need to be willing to go out to where they're at because many people will never come in here. See, I find in my own experience, personally, and, and, and as we talk with churches, that, that we kind of have two extremes that churches tend to go to. God here in, in, in John 17, he says, we need to be in the world, but not of the world. That's the goal of a Christian, if we're going to have an impact, to be in the world, but not of the world. But we tend to find, or we tend to go as believers in two different extremes. One is, oh, you know, the world is terrible. I don't want to be like that. I want to be holy. I want to be separate. Good intentions, but what it can lead to is an extreme isolationism. And then we don't have any impact on this world. We might as well just go to heaven right now because nothing, <laughs> nothing's going to change. We're in our own little convent here, our own little religious community, and nobody feels comfortable coming in. Other people say, man, that's wrong. We've got to reach this world. We're here to reach out, and that's great. That's, a, that, that's right. And so they go to the other extreme, and they become a very worldly, worldly church. They imitate everything that the world does, and they have absolutely no impact because people don't see any difference in them and the world. Isn't it easy for us as believers to run to one extreme or the other? Man, it is very hard for us to figure out how to be in the world but not of it. Well, as we uh, ministered in Mexico, you know, uh, the people were 
were uh, very different and um, had a lot of different things that, that we had to learn. Just like Paul, you know, he said, I have to step out of my comfort zone here. We had to step out of our comfort zone. All kinds of things that we never dealt with before. Um, have you ever eaten a meal without silverware? <laughs> a lot of times in Mexico, they roll up a tortilla. You know, they, why, why waste money on plasticware at a, at, a, at a big meal? You know, you just roll up a tortilla and you eat with your tortilla. Well, I had to learn that. That was, that was kind of hard. I remember one time when we had first just moved to Mexico, I wanted to, to write a letter to all you folks back here. And so I had about 400 letters. And I went into the post office and I got all these stamps. And I start, you know, putting these stamps on. And all of a sudden, I'm like, awful quiet in here I look up and everybody is staring at me in the post office and the postmaster had this little little dish with water and a sponge and she says uh here use this <laughs> they don't lick stamps in Mexico <laughs> everybody was just like what is this guy doing licking 400 stamps I had to learn I had to learn how to relate in another culture obviously the language oh my goodness the mistakes I made in Spanish um, I remember one of the first times I was, I was teaching, and I, I had people fill out a sheet, and I, and I wanted to say, pass in your sheets when you're done. Sheets is ojas. But instead of ojas, I said, ojos, pass in your eyeballs when you're done. <laughs> well, we had to clear that up. <laughs> I could go on and on and on. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, obviously, as a missionary, you're going to a totally different culture, and you need to adapt to them, not they adapt to you. I mean, that makes sense, right? Well, just like that, here in Jacksonville, Texas, we as a church need to go out, and we need to adapt to people. We shouldn't expect them to adapt to us and come in here. We need to be willing to step out, just like Paul said. To Jews, I became like a Jew. To the Gentiles, I became like a Gentile. I'll do whatever it takes for what purpose? To win some for Jesus Christ. So the question. Oh, we got some pictures here of the family with some of their friends. You know, we... Um, there's Monica with her, her tennis coach. We, uh, we spent more time with unbelievers in Mexico than we did with believers. And that may seem rare or different as a missionary. Shouldn't you be in the church? We felt our job was to be reaching out to the community. And so through the kids' activities and sports like tennis, through different um, means, we were able to reach out into the community and have an impact with people who would never, ever darken the door of an evangelical church in Mexico. Who are the people in this community that would never, ever darken the door of a church? Am I willing to spend time with people that are not like me? Another sacrifice we have to give up sometimes, right? not spend time with people like me and go to places that are out of my comfort zone so that I can minister to people, so that I can impact their lives? Who is God asking me to spend time with this week? Very good. Well, let's move on here. Next verse. Verse 22. It looks like Paul just continues on with the same thing. To the Jews, I become like, Jew, to, like a Jew. To the Gentiles, like a Gentile. To the weak, I become weak. But he's talking about something different here in this verse. He's not talking about their culture. He is talking to them um, about the, the, the way that he relates to them. Okay? He says, to the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. Okay? What he's sharing here about is his methods. Okay? 
Sometimes Paul went right to the synagogue when he wanted to reach the Jews. Sometimes Paul went um, to the plaza to talk with people. And so he would change his methods according to what the people needed or the way that people would respond. And so we have a choice as well. Are we willing to change our methods to most effectively communicate the unchanging method? Message, I'm sorry, unchanging message of Jesus Christ. Okay? Are we willing to adapt personally? Are we willing to adapt as a church our outreach methods to effectively communicate the unchanging message? Now, here's where a lot of people say, oh, they don't even like this, this passage, right? Sounds like Paul's awful wishy-washy on the gospel here, and he's changing things all the time, and we don't like that. Paul is in no way here talking about changing the message. What we believe about faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, faith alone in Jesus Christ, what we believe about God's word, that it is the authority and that it, is, it, it contains no errors, we're not talking about those things. Those things are unchangeable. That's the unchanging message. But our methods must change. It's so interesting for us as we travel around and visit churches because God uses churches with all kinds of different things. You know, there are churches that sing hymns. There are churches that sing things I've never heard of. There are churches like this one that sing things that I have heard of before. Uh, Things maybe written in the, I don't know, the 90s. Okay, so we use different types of music. That's just one example. The way we do uh, our programming in the church, the way we, we, we reach out to people, we have to continue to change our methods to be effective um, for this new generation. Boy, that's hard. You know, uh, I, love, I love to keep up with things and all of that, but change is hard for me. I'm not, I'm not a natural guy that enjoys change. And so... Um, it's, it's a challenge for me to have to work on this all the time because things are changing, okay? When I grew up, there weren't computers, all right? I remember our high school was just getting computers the year I was graduating, okay? So I didn't do a lot of computer work. I've had to change in that area. And now computers are out of date. I mean, it's all the handhelds and, the, and all of that stuff, you know? I mean, who wants to mess around with a bulky computer? All this mobile thing. And, and so we have to be constantly changing in our changing world to be effective at communicating the message. Oh, I'll get the hang of this by, uh, by the end of the sermon. <laughs> there we go. Well, God has asked us to make some changes in our ministry, too, that we want to share with you about. Last time we were here, we shared with you about a, a web ministry called Obrero Fiel. It means faithful servant. And we were providing and equipping people um, with... Uh, ministry resources through this web page. Uh, as we have pulled out of the, the church plant, the church that we planted in San Juan del Rio, is there's leadership in place, and thank the Lord, very united. I just visited them a couple of months ago. They're doing well, and uh, we, we just thank the Lord for all that, that's happening there in that church. Where there was no church, now God has planted a church to be a witness for him in that area of Mexico, which is called the 1040 window of Latin America, the least reached area of all of Latin America. 0.25% evangelical. And so um, it's great to see what God is doing that way. But we as missionaries had to get out of the way, okay? The church was planted, and, and we needed to let the leaders really start taking over the ministry, and we had to get out of the way. So we decided to come up for a home assignment. We realized we weren't probably going to come back to San Juan del Rio. Um, and so God has provided a new opportunity um, through this web ministry called Obrero Fiel. 
kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, would I ever thought when I was getting my training at Moody Bible Institute that somehow I'd be doing ministry through the Internet? I mean, that is the weirdest thing. I thought you had to see people face to face, eyeball to eyeball to eyeball to really, to really uh, have ministry with them. Well, something that God's taught me is, you know what? It's not my ministry. It's not really that I do something for them. Anytime God worked, whenever I was on the, in Mexico, it was through His Holy Spirit maybe using me, but His Holy Spirit did the work, right? Let's not take too much credit. Well, God is using the Internet as a means of communication, and the Holy Spirit is taking things on the Internet and changing people's lives. Hard to believe, but He is doing it. Let me share with you um, briefly some of the things that God is doing. How are we doing on time, Moni? She's my timekeeper. <laughs> What's that? We, all right, very good. See, I, uh, you know, I can do this in two minutes or two hours, and sometimes I forget where we're at, and we all want to get to lunch. So, All right, I'm going to switch this over, if you'll let me real quick. I want you to see a, a web uh, page that I have running here. Okay. Through the Internet... Um, we have actually, Obrero Fiel is just one web page of about 12 web pages that we're working with. And God has opened up a neat opportunity to do evangelism, to reach people, Spanish speakers, throughout the world. Okay? Uh, I don't know why I get all these little notices up here that bother us in the middle of what we're trying to do. <laughs> Technology is great when it works, right? We're working in partnership uh, with another organization called Global Media Outreach. And we have two or three um, what we call ugly web pages. They're not real fancy, they're not real pretty, but they just very simply share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Global Media Outreach, they work in 14 different languages, but we're working with them just in Spanish. Okay? And we have these, these web pages, which we announce on Google and other places, so that if people are interested in spiritual things, they come to these web pages and they can see a presentation of the gospel. Whenever somebody at that web page says, I want to trust Christ as my Savior, well, whenever somebody goes to one of those web pages, the blue dots pop up. You can see this is real time. This is happening right now while we're in this service. Those blue dots are people that are coming to these evangelistic web pages. Okay? If somebody says, you know what, I understand this, I want to trust Christ as my Savior, then that dot will turn to a yellow one. You may have seen a yellow one. I'll leave this up for a while so you can watch it going. Okay? Somebody says, I want to trust in Christ as my Savior. All right? And then some people say, you know, it's not just about trusting Christ. We encourage them. We want to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. And so if you want us to help you through email, we'll write you and communicate, correspond with you. Sign up here. And whenever one turns orange, that's somebody that says, I want to be discipled online through somebody. Okay, And then you also see once in a while a green one come up, which is um, a green one is somebody that's coming back that said, hey, uh, can you help me some more? And they're writing back for a second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth time, whatever it is. Okay, This is a different method. Okay, <laughs> For me, this is way beyond what I was thinking I would do with the rest of my life. Ruth and I just said... Not long ago, we are going to stay in Mexico for the rest of our lives. We're just going to go from city to city, neighborhood to neighborhood, and plant churches the rest of our life. But God has opened up a new door. And God is using it. Are, are people spiritually interested? Do they really come to the Internet? Let me, let me share with you, last year, what happened. By the way, um, this is a, a 
brochure that we have out on our table, and you can feel free to pick up one of these if you want to review this. It has all the different websites. You can go check them out and all the different stats. Last year, just in Spanish, now this, this is for all the world, all the languages, but just in Spanish, we had 8.5 million people visit the evangelistic websites in Spanish. 1.4 million said they made a profession of faith in Christ. 411,000 people said, would you please communicate with me and help me grow in my new relationship with Christ? Wow. God is using the Internet in an amazing way. I don't have to step foot there. I don't have to be there face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball. God is working by His Holy Spirit through things even like the Internet. Listen to what one guy said, Raul. He says, I just decided to commit my life to Christ. Can you tell me more about Jesus and how I can be sure he will always be with me? Wow, now that's a question that pastors long to get. (laughs) Raul is a new believer in a country called Equatorial Guinea. You know where that's at? In Africa. It is the only Spanish-speaking country in Africa. I doubt that personally I will ever have the opportunity to go to Equatorial Guinea. If somebody wants to fly me there, I'll go. But I, I, I don't see it in my future at this point. But you know what? I'm able to write Raul through the Internet, through the, the email, and correspond with him and help him grow in his new relationship in Jesus Christ. Isn't that exciting? God is working all over the world, bringing people to himself. Well, there's some other things we do. A lot of times, uh, these people, uh, we want to connect them to a local church, obviously. But a lot of times, there isn't a local church, or or, um, the local church really just doesn't want to take people in. Unfortunately, it's not looking for people to come in from the outside, things like that. And so many times, these new believers, they want to grow in their relationship with Christ. And so we've started an online school that they can go online to one of our webpages, and they can study basic discipleship courses. Is there interest for this? We just started this, by the way, less than a year ago. This is a brand new thing. And um, uh, so far, uh, we have about 5,000 students from 46 different countries studying um, basic discipleship with us. We have about four facilitators that help email these people back and forth, send them the lessons, correct their lessons, and then send them diplomas whenever they finish the courses. Listen to what one of the... um, one of the uh, ladies from Venezuela uh, says about her course. He says, she says, I love this Bible course because it is changing my life. I used to come home from work and just watch TV all night. Now I can't wait to get home, open my email, and start a new Bible lesson. God is using a new method to help people grow in their relationship with Christ. Well, where all this started, back when I shared with you the last time when we were here, is we had a burden to provide resources for people in Spanish that were doing ministry, to train them and to equip them and provide the resources necessary so they could reach out to other people. And that ministry continues as well through the main Obrero Fiel webpage. Um, Last year, actually we have two webpages now. One's called Got Questions Español. It's it's in English uh, as well, if you don't see the Spanish side of it. Very popular website. We're partnering with them. And our own Obrero Fiel webpage. Last year, we had 267,000 people from 133 countries download or view more than 2.5 million different resources from our webpage um, and, and ministry resource site. 
So God continues to use this to help people, prepare them to have a ministry all over the world. Spanish-speaking missionaries in countries uh, where, where they can't uh, get materials. One missionary said, there's nothing available Christian here, so I'm downloading your stuff in Spanish, and I'm translating into the language that I'm working in. Other people, missionaries in places, Spanish-speaking missionaries, um, where they're discouraged and they don't have help and encouragement in their own language, and they can get that here at this Internet page. And so God is using this tool, this new method, to impact many lives. Listen to what one uh, guy says here who's come to the, the page to get materials. He says, The study I found on your website has helped me help others. I preach the word in a local church and at a camp near Havana, Cuba. I'm a missionary from Burundi, Central Africa, and by God's grace, I'm serving in Cuba. Okay? I'll probably never meet this gentleman. He's from Central Africa, and he's going to a country that I, as an American, can't go to. As an American, I don't, I'm not able to get into Cuba as a missionary. But he is. He's African. And he's able to take the resources that we have in Spanish, download those, and use those in his ministry to impact people's lives in Cuba. Isn't the mission of God exciting? Isn't it great to see what God's doing around the world? You know, missions used to be uh, from the United States to the world. But now missions is from everywhere to everywhere. God is developing synergy all over the world, and people are working in different ways using new methods to reach people for Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Let's look at, our, let's look at the last verse here of, of our passage. Paul says, I do these things. I make these choices. I choose to serve other people instead of looking for my own rights. I choose to go beyond my, the people I'm comfortable with and, and reach out of my comfort zone. I choose to use new methods. Not change the message, but to use new methods. And why do I do this? Verse 23. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them in its blessings. We have the opportunity as believers to share in the blessings of the gospel. You say, yeah, yeah, I'm a believer. I'm sharing. No, there's so much more. That's just the beginning. As you share what you know, as you share your relationship with Jesus Christ, and you impact other people's lives, incredible blessing comes into your life. You know, it's easy for me to to stop and think and say, wow, what what would have been my life if I had never decided to go to Bible school? What would my life would have been like if I had said, Lord, I'll go to Bible school, but I'm not going anywhere but Pennsylvania? All through my life, choice after choice, if I had made wrong choices, I would have missed out on an incredible blessing. Every day, each of us has the ability, has the responsibility to make choices. What are we going to do? Let me uh, finish up here. All right. Well, we'll forget that. Maybe it'll come up at some point. (laughs) Hey, there we are. It's, It's working. Right. Questions for this last section? 
What have I done to creatively share Christ in a different way this year? What is God asking me to do this week to share about Him with somebody else? Maybe something you've never done before. Some creative way to share Christ with other people. I want to thank you folks again. Um, it's been great to be with you this morning, and I hope to talk with many of you. I want to thank you uh, for, for your support of our ministry. You have prayed for us for so many years. You have supported us financially to make this ministry possible. We're in this together. And um, we now, through this, with the Internet ministry, we need to be close to our home offices, which are on the east side of Dallas. And so it looks like we'll be staying in Canton for a while. We don't know how long. Uh, we'll be neighbors for a while at least compared to where we were at before, and um, hope to see you more often. If you, anybody's in Canton, come by and see us, get our address, and we'd love to have you come by. Um, but together, we are reaching this world for Christ. You have a task, and it's not, my, it's not the same as mine. I have a task, it's not the same as yours. But together, Paul encourages us to sacrifice our own desires and make a difference for Christ around the world. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful this morning that you have included us in your plan. Thank you for your, uh, your presence in our lives. Thank you that we can know you as a personal Savior. We can have a personal relationship with you. Lord, forgive us whenever we forget, whenever we make wrong choices. Uh, forgive us for being selfish, for worrying about our own rights and not thinking about how to serve others. I pray, Lord, that this week you would give us each an opportunity to share with others about your love. Help us to be willing, to be sacrificial, to be creative, to share your love with people here in Jacksonville and wherever you take us. Use us through our prayers and our gifts and our participation to impact people around the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and close.